This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to Dyslexia Devoted the podcast dedicated to building awareness, understanding, and strategies to help those with dyslexia. I'm your host, Lisa Parnello, dyslexia therapist and founder of Parnello Education Services. Join me as we dive into today's episode of Dyslexia Devoted. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode. Did you know that speech affects reading and writing? Welcome to episode 46 of Dyslexia Devoted, and today we're talking about the relationship between speech and reading and spelling. Before we get started, I wanted to share an upcoming presentation that I'm doing for educators this month. The Tutor Success Summit is coming up, and I'll be one of the presenters this year. If you are a tutor or think about starting a tutoring business, this would be a fantastic opportunity to learn more about it. I started attending this summit a few years ago, and now I'm excited to be one of the presenters for this year. So check out the link in the show description or on the show notes page. For you parents out there... I have another event coming up in May that will be a live panel discussion with Kareem Weaver, who I mentioned before was on the Right to Read documentary, and I'll share more details on that when registration opens for this virtual event. But actually, I got a text message from a mom this morning after I'd already written all the notes for this episode that was interesting because, A, it mentions Kareem Weaver, who I was just talking about a moment ago. So on the front page of the New York Times today is an article called Kids Can't Read, The Revolt Taking on the Education Establishment. What really stood out to me was, A, it made it to the New York Times that we really need to make changes in our educational system so that all kids can read. But the other thing that stood out was a portion of the article that mentioned that when parents tried advocating for their kids with dyslexia, they really didn't make much progress. But now that they're able to show that these popular reading programs are bad for all kids, they're finally making headway. And while I'm glad that there's finally a step in the right direction, I found myself thinking, why wasn't it important enough to help the kids with dyslexia? Because that should have mattered. But I guess beggars can't be choosers if change is on the way and you do what you got to do to get it. I'm so glad that a very popular newspaper that is read all throughout the country is finally shedding a light on the changes that need to be made and the way people are finally making headway into getting better reading programs into all of our schools for all kids. Now into the main focus of our episode for today, which is all about speech and how it affects reading. Last week, I had a lovely brunch with a new friend who is a speech therapist who was chatting about the fact that many parents and educators don't realize that speech teachers often support kids with dyslexia. While we tend to call them speech teachers, the formal title is a speech and language pathologist, and dyslexia is a language-based learning differences. SLPs, which is the acronym SLP for speech language pathologist, They work on all things language-related. They help students to not only speak sounds correctly, but they also develop their phonological awareness, which is being able to hear the sounds and isolate them within words and other 
portions of being able to deal with the spoken part of language, not necessarily looking at a book, which is often very weak for kids with dyslexia. They also help develop vocabulary, which is critical for our students with dyslexia, because a lot of our vocabulary comes from the books that we read. So if you're struggling with reading, you aren't getting the same level of vocabulary development, because the way we talk usually uses much more simple language than books do. Speech teachers also help students better articulate their understanding of reading and being able to help them summarize and retell what they've read. Additionally, students can also get help expressing their ideas and how to process the information when they have those processing difficulties. I actually know multiple speech teachers who ended up going and getting training in Orton-Gillingham methods, which is like what I do, to help kids with dyslexia because they found many of the kids that come to them for speech is actually part of a larger language issue of dyslexia. So they are getting the training so that they can help kids with dyslexia more as well. So now let's talk about how speech affects reading. One thing many people don't think about is the way we talk and how that relates to the way we read. I teach students how accents affect the way we read. Sometimes the way we talk doesn't match the letters on the page. We pronounce it differently than the way you would expect to sound out some of those words. Just think about the word lemon. We don't say lem on, we say lem in. That's what we call a schwa, when vowels make unexpected sounds. They happen because when we talk, we naturally speak in the most efficient way possible, and we tend to mumble out some of those vowels instead of stressing their expected sounds. My mom jokes about how when she went to school, they had no idea that they were the same words because her southern twang was so strong where she lived that the words didn't even seem like the same word when she learned how to read them in a book. I often teach students that the way accents and dialects affect the way that words sound. Think about the way a person from Boston says ka compared to somebody in San Francisco that says car. Just that ending AR sound can sound vastly different depending on where you live. It's important that we teach students the way that they pronounce things for their accent or dialect, and that we also help them understand the way that might look on paper. So I actually have a student who's in New York, and I have many of my students here in California. So when I teach the kid in New York, I actually have to think about the way he pronounces something just when he's talking, so that when I'm helping him with reading and spelling, he can match those two sounds because some of the words that he pronounces are ever so slightly different than the way we would pronounce them out here on the West Coast. Not vastly, but just enough that it is something that is noticeable to me because, well, that's what I do all day, is teach kids to pay attention to the way that they sound out words. Now, this also affects writing. This happens in reverse. The way we talk affects the way we write and spell. Just think of a kid who says think instead of think. When a student is writing, we say, sound it out. So if they say it wrong, then they're going to spell it wrong. F-ink. F-I-N-K. And he sounded it out and wrote it exactly the way it sounds. And I'm thinking of a particular child, but this actually is a very common speech problem in that students will say more of an F sound instead of a T-H sound. And so it's part of articulation. So when I'm working with a student to teach them to read and spell, I also actually have to act like a little bit of a speech teacher and teach them the proper articulation of the way your mouth is supposed to look and the way that you pronounce the sounds. Because if they can't sound it out properly, they can't spell it properly. They're very closely tied together. And then a speech teacher who's an actual expert at it can go more in depth and teaching them more of the terminology and better ways to do it more efficiently and give them exercises and things like that. So it is not uncommon for me to coordinate with a student speech teacher to let them know what sounds I see them struggling with and especially where they're located in a word. Because sometimes a student can make an R sound in the beginning of a word, but might struggle when it's in the middle of a word, for example. 
I have a student who mispronounces his R's and they sound like W's. So when he sounds out a word and he tries to spell it, he often will put a W instead of putting an R and I have to show him how to properly articulate the sound so he can hear the correct sound in order to spell it correctly. This can also happen with accents. For example, in the South and in the African-American dialect, it's very common to say ax instead of ask. This affects spelling and we have to teach kids this code switching. And when I say code switching, that is helping them understand that the way it is considered proper to talk in your community may not match academic language and spelling. This is another thing that actually happens in my house a lot, and I feel like I'm picking on my mom today, but it's just the easiest thing to remember. My mom speaks one way with colleagues and local friends in the Bay Area, and a completely different way when she's on the phone in full Southern twang speaking to her relatives on the phone. This is a way that you try to match your language to the situation. If you want to learn more about it, I've linked a video for you in the show notes, which is called Why Do People Say Acts Instead of Ask? And it gives you a little bit more about the history of it and why people feel like they need to code switch in order to feel like they fit in in their job. Because sometimes when you say something like acts instead of ask, sometimes some people might have inaccurate judgments of your intelligence because of the way you pronounce things. So it's when we teach people code switching, or sometimes it doesn't even have to be taught. It is something you sort of change based on where you're at. It's important to validate the way that they talk with their family and in their community isn't wrong, but rather it's a difference between the way we talk in conversation and the way that we're expected to write in academic or professional context. Even me as an example, the way I would text my best friend is definitely not the way I would talk to my boss. Not that I have a boss anymore because technically I'm my own boss, but you get the idea. We teach kids that it's normal in conversation for them to say things like, sorry, gotta go, but I'm not going to write the word gotta in an essay unless it's in quotation marks showing the way the character might be talking and to try to make it a more realistic voice. It's all about teaching students the appropriate ways to use language depending on their situation. It's all about knowing what professionalism and academic writing is like and knowing that sometimes that can be different from the way that we talk in our communities. So to recap this week's episode, we have the role of speech teachers and how many people don't realize they actually often do a lot of work with kids with dyslexia. We talked about the way speech affects reading because we have something called a schwa where we don't always pronounce that last vowel sound properly. A lot of times it is not expressed as strongly. And we also talked about the way speech affects writing. If you are speaking in more of a conversational tone, that doesn't always match the way you're expected to write in an academic or professional setting. Or if you have poor articulation and you sound something out wrong, it's going to get spelled wrong because of the way you heard yourself say the sounds. So it's important that we teach kids proper articulation because it directly affects their spelling and their writing. So before you go, don't forget, if you are an educator, go check out that Tutor Success Summit, and I will put the link in the show description and show notes. And both parents and educators, don't forget that when you sign up for the Dyslexia Devoted newsletter, you get all of these links that I mentioned straight into your inbox each Thursday. And I'll make sure to also link that New York Times article since that mom ever so helpfully sent it to me this morning. So if you want to sign up to get those newsletters, it's at parnelloeducation.com forward slash email. All right, friends, that is all for today. I'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to learn even more about dyslexia, check out parnelloeducation.com forward slash courses. See you next time.